just a little powder dry to take advantage of some price dips in here, assuming things will get fixed uh, after the election. And so with that theme in mind, United Technologies, again, it's one of these broad-based manufacturers. And I think uh, a, a, a big-level theme here might be that U.S. manufacturing is in the ascension. Why? Well, first, college is expensive, okay? Uh, it's about 10 times more expensive than when I went. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the risk return now, um, you know, when, when Mo and I got out of college, your first year you could earn, you know, three or four or five times your last year's tuition. And now it's one times, you know, if you're lucky. So increasingly uh, there's going to be some labor available smart labor that doesn't have the money for college. That's one. Secondly, uh, this whole advantage to wages in China, it's sort of reached the point where China's letting their currency float a little bit. Chinese wages have been uh, competitively moving up. So when you decide where to make a factory, it's not a snap decision anymore, just on the pure fundamentals of the value of labor and logistics. And so uh, U.S. winning on that. Third, outsourcing you can't even say outsourcing any, anymore. It's like the O word. You know? So again, socially, culturally, no one wants to be talking about that. that you know, that's in the picture as well. And then fourth, energy costs in America because of fracking, we now have a global advantage in, in uh, cost of you know, fuel, and that's drawing chemical companies here. That's going to lower the cost of energy here. And then there's going to be a growing infrastructure for manufacturing in that area that's going to be drawn here, lowering costs. And so that's advantage. So I think generally uh, manufacturers are going to be gaining share of GDP for a while here. United Technologies, uh, UTX, it's, uh, you know, it's a diversified manufacturer primarily across four businesses, Pratt & Whitney Engines, uh, aerospace engines, Otis Elevators, manufacturing and service, carrier air conditioners, and then a broad list of other, which, you know, admittedly, I'm not too sure uh, what it is. I think they have some escalators in there as well. Well, you know, they, they have uh, Sikorsky helicopters. Helicopters, yes. But, you know, when, 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 you, when I first looked at that, I thought it was an odd mix, and then it occurred to me that you, you're, you're basically you're making elevators, you're making HVAC, and those are things that just continue to, to expand along with building. You're in building, yeah. And uh, the other half of your company's military. So both of those are pretty, pretty stable. They're yeah. not. They're not. Uh, and they're dominant players in those spaces. Uh, so they're not like highly crazily competitive. So it's a safer company. And I like I like that safety because it's got a 2.8 percent yield. So yeah. I can look at this and sort of say, hmm, like their space, really like their dividend. Well, it's diversified, too, and I've seen other companies like this that seem to have businesses that all, you know, don't on the surface look like they go together, like uh, ITW's one that does a great job at this, and they leave the individual businesses alone to develop best practices, new technologies, new ideas, and then they bubble everything up. They charge everyone for capital, so, you know, these guys, and they all have their incentives to their own businesses, and yet they share the best practices and best new technologies at the top. And uh, you're not paying a lot for that right now. It's uh, eight times EBITDA. Again, to me, that means a 12.5% cash-on-cash yield. If we bought the company, we bought all the market debt, all the market uh, equity, we would earn the EBITDA, uh, which is, would, would give us about an 8% 8, 8 yield at a 125 uh, enterprise value to EBITDA is just the inverse. So I like that very much. Um, it's in a range 
of 5 to 12. So unlike the one I just talked about, Ball, um, this one you're paying on a little around the cheap end. And, you know, that's got to be because people are pricing in a global recession near term. But I like the safety and the fact that earnings might be postponed a year or two when you have, you know, such low short-term interest rates. You're not paying a lot to have to wait a couple of years. It's still your best option uh, for total return over that period. So UTX, United Technologies, uh, well-priced, good company. I like it, Mo. And sounds like you might like it. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, I do want to ask you one question. You know, their, their share count is shrinking every single year. In 2006, yeah. they had a million shares outstanding, and it's gone down to... Or a billion, probably, yep, right? Yep, 989, 956, then 929, then 923. Now there's only 907. So that share base has been shrinking every single year. Is that going to a, an employee... Uh, or, or what? What is that? A you know, I don't know, but you know, my guess is they're just buying a little stock every year. They've yep. got a a very high ROE, and one way companies maintain a high, high return on equity is if they don't have something great to do with the cash, um, they they buy stock, and you know that, and they're in effect paying above book value, so that keeps this constant pressure, uh, upward good pressure on your return in, on equity by in effect buying low-cost, uh, you know, equity with, with high-cost uh, current value, and it, it, uh, it helps them maintain that terrific return on equity for shareholders. So that's a great use of capital. And it's been a very consistent, apparently a very consistent part of their plan. Well, even, you know, I mean, look, we've been through a rocky, rocky period, mm -hmm. and uh, I look at, you know, eight years of EBITDA margins here, and they're all within 1% of each other. Now, Sometimes it's bad to talk about, gee, is, is management managing earnings or managing this exactly right? And uh, sometimes the answer is yes, and it isn't sinister, you know, in effect, that they can decide when they make the riskier capital spending decisions and the less risky. They can decide when they invest inventory in one business versus another. So to me, this looks like a portfolio manager. The management team here is really their portfolio managers and look at their returns that they're delivering to the shareholder. They're kind of using all these businesses in a part as levers, and they're delivering a super consistent. I mean, return on equity is within two points over an eight-year period. EBITDA margin is within, you know, two points over an eight-year period. This is just remarkable. They're doing the same thing on the gross margin line. So it, it demonstrates enormous discipline in the sales force in terms of, you know, how they get price and how they set expectations for price. They have a big maintenance business, too, that helps to, to provide some of the stability. Well, you, you, want to, you want to look at something that's equally eye-popping? Look at their sales. Their sales have been basically 53, 58, 53, 55. Well, they're moving 58. up really, very slowly, really. Well, it's been flat since 07. There really hasn't been that 